This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Goals Classroom. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. everyone. I'm Logan Fay and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. Today, I'm talking to Amanda, who is the owner of Carrie Love Designs. She helps creatives pair a beautiful brand design with an intentional website strategy so that they can book more clients and make more money doing what they love. She shares with us how she made the leap from her corporate job to building her own business that helps entrepreneurs like us be successful. She gives us her best tips and tricks on how to stand out in a saturated market and how to captivate clients and make a good first impression with their website. Something that I found really interesting while chatting with Amanda is that she not only loves being creative as a website designer, but she's also very good at the analytics side, which makes her stand out from other designers and helps put a different perspective on things. So let's dive into this interview with Amanda. All right, Amanda, I am so excited to have you with us today. I've learned so much from being in your Facebook group, and I know that our listeners are going to absolutely love this episode. Thank you so much for having me here. So start off with telling us a little bit more about you and your journey to becoming a brand strategist. Yeah, so um, started out, funny enough, it started out with a magazine, if I'm going like that far back. There was a magazine and there was an article in it. And it was like this career spotlight in this magazine. And it happened to be the one over the graphic designer that does layouts of the magazine. And as soon as I read that, I was like, that's what I want to do. Like immediately. So I was probably like maybe a freshman, sophomore in high school at that point. So from then on out, I was like, that's my plan. Like I'm going to school to do graphic design. Fast forward, I went to the art institutes. And during that time, one of the classes that you have to take is a branding class. And so the instructor for this whole quarter made us take a real company that we thought had terrible branding and we had to reimagine the branding and do, you know, everything for it. And I was like, this is what I want to (laughs) do. Like I immediately (laughs) fell in love with it. And so one of the last things to graduate is you have a portfolio show where you set up a booth and potential people come by to hire you, you know, so that you have a job straight out of college. And I remember like putting together like my website for my business to do freelance stuff at my portfolio show (laughs) because I knew that I wanted to do branding. And I did end up getting a job in corporate, hated it because it's basically like they have such strict brand guidelines that it's like drag and drop. Mm -hmm. So there was no creativity there. And so I just started freelancing on the side and one thing led to another. I ended up getting fired from my job. Um, And I told my husband, I was like, "Uh, so I think I'm going to go ahead and do this full time. And he was like, okay, let's be realistic about this. He's like, you got six months. If you are not making like enough money for us in six months, then you, you know, you can continue to do it on the side, but you have to go find another job. And I was like, deal. You've got it. And I replaced (laughs) my corporate salary within those six months because I did not want to go back to the Oh, that's amazing. Life. (laughs) I totally Um, get that. (laughs) Yeah. So now I've been doing this full time for three years. 
That's amazing. And I love how I feel like a lot of people, when they think about leaving their corporate job or whatever job they're in to do what they really want to do full time, like photography, they think that they just have to jump in full force. And so I love how your husband said six months, see if you can make it work within that time frame. Because I feel like a lot of people will just say, okay, I'm going to do this and that's it. And you know, when you give yourself six months, I feel like that gives you like a time limit, like, okay, I have this amount of time to prove to myself that I can do it. So I feel like that's a really good way to, you know, go about making that transition. Yeah. I don't think that I ever would have had the guts to quit my corporate job because I like the security and knowing mm-hmm. that I was going to get a paycheck every two weeks <laughs> for sure. Stuff. But once I like getting fired was like the biggest blessing in disguise because Afterwards, I was like, thank you for firing me because I would have <laughs> never taken the leap on my own. But you have to be real. Like, I mean, having a, a husband and you know a kid and you have to be realistic about it too. So the way that it all went down, I was pleasantly surprised and happy with. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. That's so exciting and scary and you know, all of the feels all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And you don't realize it whenever you're in the moment. But looking back, I was like, whew. <laughs> I made right. it. <laughs> it was it was the push that you needed and it all worked out obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's uh what's that saying like whenever you jump or leap and you, you know, figure out how to fly on the way down. That's yes. Yeah. That's basically it. I have a very similar story with the school district that I worked at was getting rid of my position and I could choose to go back as a classroom teacher or quit and I did not want to go back as a classroom teacher. I just that's not what I wanted to do. So I made that leap too. And I, I told myself, okay, if this doesn't work out, I still have my teaching certificate. I can go back to work. But when you have a dream and you want to make it work, you find a way to make it work. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, so something that I hear a lot of photographers ask is how to stand out in a saturated market because everyone these days, no matter what, you know, business you're in, there's a lot of people in that same business as well. So as a photographer, it seems like everyone and their sister is a photographer or brother. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about how to stand out in regards to your website and different social media platforms? Yeah, I think a lot of the buying decision right now is shifting towards the less about the actual product or service and is more becoming about like, the brand and the story and the message and the person behind who you're buying from. And so I think standing out in a saturated market is finding out like what is your unique, true message about like what it is that you do and who you serve and and niching that down. And we can definitely get more into that. But I think that's, that's really what's going to make you stand out. I know even for me in my own business, I felt like I really started to stand out and be able to speak confidently about what it is that I do whenever I figured out what my message was and how it was different from other designers. And I really just took that and like ran with it and just started saying it over and over and over again and reinforcing that. I love that. So just so our listeners know, how do you stand out from other website designers? Because if like, if I go to show it and I'm looking through all of the website designers they have on there, what makes you stand out from other website designers? Yeah, I'll definitely use that as an example. For a lot of designers, what I realized is they were like, oh, pretty websites, pretty websites, pretty logos. Like we make stuff really pretty. And I kind of realized that a lot of creatives, they're, the designers are, are just that. They're creatives. They don't, they're not analytical. They don't think with that side of their head. And 
I think I was having a discussion with my husband. I was like, I'm really like, I'm 50, 50. Like I'm not super creative and I'm not really analytical. Like I enjoy both. So somehow that kind of morphed into my message where we focus a lot on strategy. So we don't just do pretty logos and pretty brands and pretty websites. We go into the strategy behind all of that. So before we ever design anything for a client, we go into the brand message and who you are as a person and who you're trying to attract and do a lot of the analytical stuff and data and paperwork that I think a lot of designers skip over Mm -hmm. because it's not fun. It's not creative. And they'll just go like straight into designing a brand, but there's no rhyme or reason behind it. And so I want to get people results. Like that's what lights me up is whenever somebody grows their business, they grow their income, they grow their team because of their branding and website. And so that's, that's kind of the message is that we design from a place of like science and profitability rather than just beauty. I think that's so smart because when, when I was looking for a website designer, I was going through that show it, you know, list of designers and a lot of them were just, they offer a base amount and they design your website and that was it. And I, well, exactly what you just said is why I actually, for our listeners, just a kind of FYI, I ended up hiring Amanda and she'll be working on my website later this year. And I'm so excited because your clients see results. It's not just, you know, that pretty website. It's so much more than that. So I love that, you know, that's how you kind of put yourself apart from, from others. So now that we kind of know how to stand out in the crowd, I want to chat a little bit more about how to design a high converting website. So what are some things that like a website needs to have to be able to hook people in who are coming to your website and actually convert them into clients? Yeah. So one of the first things that I think a lot of people overlook is you only have probably, I used to call it the 10 second test, but it's less than that now. Like people's attention spans are like squirrel and they're like (laughs) completely gone. So yeah, like three to five seconds, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And within that time, you really need to, like you said, connect with them very quickly. And I do that with what I call the 10 second test. So within 10 seconds, you need to be able to tell who you are, who you serve, like who you are as in what do you do, who you serve, and what are the next steps. So if somebody comes to your website and they are ready to take the next step, they don't need to be fumbling around your website. They're just going to get irritated and they're going to end up leaving. So within the first 10 seconds, clearly state what it is that you do. And I use the example a lot of times, if you are a wedding photographer or a wedding filmmaker and you're like stitching together love stories, like one frame at a time, like what? (laughs) That's confusing. So whenever I say what it is that you do, I want you to be clearly stating like wedding photographer in Atlanta, Georgia, or, you know, wherever it's at. Cause that's another big mistake that I see people do is they do not put their location. They're like service based businesses. If you go to Instagram right now and you find like other photographers and you go to their website, I bet you probably like seven or eight times out of 10, you will have a hard time figuring out where they're from on their website. Oh gosh. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't understand it. And then who it is that you serve. And so if you can say something very quickly that will kind of define who your ideal client is and make them be like, oh, that's me, then they're going to be more interested in what it is that you have to say and, and will spend more time on your website. That makes total sense. When I first started my website, I did not have my location. So I can totally relate to that. But yeah, I've been to several websites where I'm just like, so 
is this person in my area? <laughs> and it's hard to, it's hard to figure out sometimes. Yeah. I was talking about this on Instagram the other day and somebody uh, DM me and they were like, I spent all this time and like reached out to this photographer and I was really excited to use them. And it took them a couple of days to get back to me and they were like, Oh yeah, like I'm not in your area. <laughs> and I was like, that's super frustrating. Like it just amazes me how many people don't put what area they're from. Yeah, that's definitely a common mistake. So speaking of common mistakes, what are some other big things that you see photographers or other creatives make on their website? Yeah, another big mistake that I see people make on their website is their website just has a lot of like junk on it. And so by junk, I mean pages that don't necessarily need to be, you know, up in the top menu. They just get really confusing. And so I like to simplify the top menu. It needs to, if it's not a part of like what I call your, your money-making process, then you need to put it in a sub menu, like on the footer, if, if it still needs to be on your website. And what I mean money-making process is whenever somebody lands on your, your site, we'll call that point A, you want to get them to point B, which is taking action with you, whether that be scheduling a consultation call, filling out a form that's for most creatives. And so if you have pages on there like freebies or photographer education or, you know, other stuff that's just getting in the way and distracting people, then you're going to have a hard time getting them from point A to point B. And so usually on the top menu, we'll have home, about, portfolio, services, and then contact. That's like all you need up in the top. Most people don't even need the blog up there because the blog isn't part of the money-making process. People usually find you through your blog and you mm -hmm. hope that they go to other pages, but they don't usually visit the blog when making a purchasing decision. Yeah, that makes little sense. Now that I think about it, when I'm looking at websites, like I'm, you know, I'm there to see what services they offer, not really to read the blog. If I re I'm reading the blog, it's because I got brought to it a different way. So yeah. definitely makes sense. So marketing trends for 2020, I want to touch on this just kind of briefly. I know that you are kind of on top of it when it comes to trends. So what are some trends that you've kind of heard about or noticed that are coming for 2020? Video. Video has been looming for like the past mm -hmm. couple of years and it's not going away. And actually Google is taking video into account like whenever they are ranking pages. And so I think if you want to get kind of ahead of the trends or stay with the trends, I think a big one right now is getting a brand video done, like telling your story, because then you can put it on your website, you can use it in social media. Like there's so many different uses that you can do with your brand video. So that's a big one. And then harnessing video in other ways on like social media, using it, like maybe having behind the scenes shots or taking people behind the scenes with you during, you know, maybe you're a wedding photographer and you take them behind the scenes with you on a wedding day. So anyways, just the use of video is becoming more and more prevalent. Okay. I love that. I've noticed that as well. And when we're looking at the algorithm for Instagram and Facebook, does video get more attention than just posts? Definitely for Facebook, video will get a lot of more uh, organic reach because mm -hmm. Facebook is really pushing video. Okay. Um, as far as Instagram goes, that kind of depends on your audience. For mine, I know that actually video on Instagram for me is either hit or miss. It okay. kind of depends on the topic, which like all marketing, it's really, you've got to test and see what works for your audience and then for just sure. kind of, yeah, test, go back to the drawing board, tweak, 
and find out what works best for your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely don't post and then just keep posting and posting and not kind of, you know, watch those analytics. Yeah. So one thing that I have loved about getting to know you and your brand is your Facebook group. So you have a Facebook group called Brand Gathering Brand Website Strategy for Creatives. And I have learned so much from being in that group. Just in case some of our listeners want to join in on the fun, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that group and also how they can join? Yeah, you can uh, join by going to carrylovedesigns.com slash Facebook and it will um, redirect you there. The Facebook group is really like my community. It's where I put a lot of more so like information and more in-depth videos going in there, doing like a live Q&A and um, 90 day planning sessions. And my, I really just want to help people with their branding and their websites in that group. And so it's like my, my main community point. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely learned. I mean, I've learned so much from being in that group and I, I really enjoy it. And just a couple of weeks ago, you went on and did a live about how Google Analytics is changing a little bit and how they're changing ranking systems and all that. So there's just been so much that I've learned and I know that some of our listeners will enjoy it as well. Yeah. Join us. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so helpful. I know that creating a website and designing and branding and everything can be really stressful, but I feel like with all the tips that you gave us, hopefully it will make that process easier for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I hope everybody finds this really, really helpful. If you have any questions, you can also find me on Instagram at Carrie Love Designs as well. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much and we will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. I hope that you got some great takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your business. Make sure to visit colesclassroom.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about during this episode. If you like this episode, head over to iTunes and tap that five-star button and leave us a review.